welcome back to the Pit Stop. In this edition, well, how do you follow a king? Well, we're going to follow the king with the queen. Some call the queen of Bowman Gray Stadium. We're going to bring her on in just a few moments. But first, we want to tell you a little about the most recent events uh, prior to the recording of this program on Saturday night, July the 8th, Chris Fleming won the big 100-lap modified race over at the famed quarter mile. The real deal, Riley Neal and Amber Lynn split a pair of 20-lap sportsman races. Brad Lewis inherited a victory, as my uh, mentor, the late Hank Schoolfield, might say. Lewis uh, got the credited for the victory in the street sock division when the gentleman who was flagged the winner said no thank you to a post-race uh, inspection of his car. So Brad Lewis winds up with the win over at the Madhouse on July 8th in the street stock division. And Kenny Dixon and Show Me the Money Chuck Wall, winners in the stadium stock division. And again, this program recorded prior to the Saturday night, July 15th event at the Madhouse. But heading into July 15th, we've got a very, very close race for the championships, really in all four divisions. In the modified division, Burt Myers barely hung on to the point lead. He's got a one-point lead over the showstopper, Chris Fleming, who won that race on Saturday night, July the 8th. And Mr. Fleming, only one point behind in a quest for his first Bowman Gray Stadium modified title. The title, he says, nah, I don't know if I want to win or not. I just want to win races. But I got I to gotta believe that somewhere deep down inside, Chris Fleming would love to retire from his long career at the Madhouse with a modified championship. Tim Brown, the reigning champion of the Brad's Golf Cars Modified Series, only four points behind in third. So got a real, real close three driver contest for the modified championship. Brandon Ward still well within striking distance as we entered the July 15th races at the Madhouse, only 31 points behind. Lee Jeffries only 36 back in fifth. Over in the sportsman division, the teenager Chase Robertson, recent graduate of high school, is out front in that championship battle by seven points over Zach Orr, the real deal Riley Neal, only 11 points back. Justin Taylor, a former champion in that division, 39 points back in fourth, and Amber Lynn still in the hunt, 45 points back in fifth in the Sportsman Division standings, entering the July 15th races over at the Madhouse. Christian Joyce, still the leader in street stock competition, and he has a 12-point lead over uh, recent first-time winner Austin Jones, who was on this program. Brad Lewis back there in third, very close, 18 points back. And a good bit further back is Kale Martin in fourth and Donnie Martin in fifth. In the stadium stock division, the former uh, All-American Division Four NASCAR national champion, A.J. Sanders of Moxville, leads the points. He's got a 16-point cushion over Brandon Brindle prior to the July 15th races at the Madhouse. Blaine Curry led much of the stadium stock division points throughout the season, still in contention, 22 points back. The uh, Another talented teenager, Isaac Harris, 38 points back. And Stephen Sanders of the Sanders tribe in Moxville, uh, one of the sons of A.J. Sanders, 48 points back in fifth. Well, as we mentioned, we had the king of NASCAR on our first uh, half of the pit stop. Well, here in second half, we've got the queen, the queen of Bowman Gray Stadium. And I was there to watch her win her first race in street stock competition. 
And I was there when she toted that checkered flag for the first time in sportsman competition. And we've got her back tonight on the pit stop. Please welcome back to the microphone, Amber Lynn. Amber, congratulations. Another big win for you there on July the 8th. Yeah, thank you. I think that was our third. I wanted to um, talk to you a little bit. Uh, the championship race still very much up in the air. Double points on the line for Saturday night, July the 22nd, which is just around the corner. And then we have a big 100-lap sportsman race, the final 100-lapper of the season set for July the 29th. And, of course, it's always wild and woolly. The double-point season finale set for August the 19th. Anything can happen at the Madhouse, and it almost always does when you're talking about the championship race. Yeah, anything can happen, but um, I'm not really racing for points. I'm more so racing for wins, so I don't really care about the points. Um, you know, we've had a slow season. We've only won two races, and last year I think we won four or five, and so we're just looking for more wins. We had a bent shock on the right front. We didn't know it, so we were really, really, really slow. I mean, people that we never thought would pass has passed us, and so now we're just we're just wind hunting. I don't care about the points. Well, you, you know, sometimes those things pop up like that, especially a suspension part, because it's not something you're really looking for. And I guess maybe you guys tripped over it and sounds like you got it fixed up and that car's pretty fast again. Yeah, well, um, over the 4th of July break, we decided that we were going to tear the entire car apart. So we took the motor out because it overheated. We took the radiator out. We took the transmission out. We took the rear end out. We took all the shocks out. We took everything out and we tested everything. And it turns out we had a um, right front shock bent. And we went back and the car felt just like it should. And then we won the race. So, you know, it was it was pretty emotional after the week that we had. And I'm just glad that we could pick up the win. Yeah, and that and you know when you're racing on a weekend warrior, if you will, Saturday night, Friday night, short track racing, that's really what you're out there for. It's not for money; it's for the love of the sport, for those trophies. And and I know you've got a ton of fans and supporters over at the Madhouse. And I saw on Facebook there was a lot of happy folks when you carried that checkered flag once again. Yeah, like I said, um, you know we had a very long and an emotional week prior to the race and so I think that we had more support than ever this past weekend going into the race and you know just to see everybody cheering me on um, and to win again after weeks and weeks of just absolute terrible luck it felt really good um, I you know was on the the news and I said you know what I'm an emotional I'm an emotional person and I'm emotional right now but I'm not gonna cry not this time well, good for you. Um, you know, some, sometimes things can pile up on you and get the better of you. And I've had many, many people tell me over the years, uh, mostly guys, but women too, that drive uh, and race, that being inside that race car is actually their sanctuary. It's a place where they can go and get away from everything for just a little while. And it's really where they can uh, really just let it all hang out. For sure. I mean, I feel so comfortable in a race car. I've been in a race car since I was 11 years old and I'm 24 now. And it's like, that's my safe place. I go to the shop when I'm upset. I go to the shop when I'm happy. I go to the shop when I get need to get away from people and scale in the race car. I just feel so comfortable. I could take a nap in that race car and I have multiple times. 
So being at the racetrack and being in the race car is just my happy place. It's where I thrive the most. Well, I can relate on some respect. Being behind that microphone for many years has been my happy place. And, you know, whether it's been over at the Madhouse, North Wilkesboro Speedway, or one of the other 114 tracks where I've had a chance to get behind the microphone, most recently down at Caraway Speedway, I can relate a little bit. I, you know, I haven't, I haven't actually raced in competition, but being behind that microphone and getting out there in front of those fans and just kind of doing your thing, it is a great way to forget about your bills and all the stuff going on in your family and in, anything of that nature. And uh, I, I speak, I think, for everybody in the sport, whether you're on my side of it or your side of it, the racetrack is definitely our happy place. Yeah, you see, you see 17,000 people there a week, and they go and they pay their $12 to get in, and it, they're happy place. They're having the time of their life, and they're having a family time and everything else. So racing really is a come-together sport. The last time I saw you, uh, you came down and visited with us as a fan down at Caraway Speedway, and uh, I didn't get to see a lot of it, but out of the corner of my eye, I saw some folks singing happy birthday. <laughs> what was that all about? One of my biggest little fans had a birthday that weekend, and I presented him his cake that had pictures of us on it, and I helped his family sing happy birthday, and it was just, it's, it's amazing to think that, you know, I'm somebody that a child wants on their birthday cake, you know, because <laughs> I never thought I would be there. That's pretty impressive. And I, I must admit, I've never been on anybody's birthday cake, even my own daughters. That's pretty cool. But I know, I know that kid was just grinning ear to ear and it made, it made those fans awfully happy to, to have you down there. And it was kind of cool to have you down at Caraway. Um, I wanted to ask you about uh, being married. You know, you've been married a little while now. Has that changed your racing or your approach to racing in any way? No, my husband knew when he proposed to me that, you know, racing... <laughs> It's priority number one, and he knows that. We spend almost every night in the shop. Wednesdays we usually have off, and uh, Wednesdays we spend watching races or something racing-related on YouTube or something like that. So he knows that racing is priority number one in my life, and he supports that, which I can't thank him enough for it. So uh, fortunately, in his book, he's number two, and <laughs> it's kind of funny. It really is. I've been racing over half my life. Racing came before Justin, and he knows that. So <laughs> racing has, marriage hasn't changed my racing, and racing won't change my marriage. I got you. Well, it's pretty cool to have somebody that you love and share your life with that also uh, supports you in everything that you do, especially in, in a hobby uh, like racing, it takes up so much of your time. I think a lot of the fans sometimes don't realize how much time it is, not only for you, but your dad and your team, your mom, everybody, your husband that works on that car and gets things ready. It's a huge investment of your time and resources. Yeah, like, you know, Kevin Compton, Jonah Compton, his father and son, they spend so much time away from their family. And my husband and I, the the best quality time that we get is probably in the shop and then when we're at the house we just want to relax um when we have a night off like sunday we just want to stay in the house and relax so we don't have a life outside of racing and a lot of people don't understand that a lot of people you know think that you know we get we're rich and we make the big bucks and da, 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 da. no i have a day job i work at baptist hospital i work my butt off day in and day out i wake up 
go to my nine to five, get off, go to the shop and then go to sleep and do it all over again, Monday through Friday. Yep. And you know, you, you do exactly what most of the racers over at the Madhouse do. They work a regular job. Some of them own their own business where it gives them a little mm -hmm. flexibility in their schedule and maybe a little more money put in that race car, but just about everybody over there is not racing for a living. They're doing it purely for the sport, for the fun of it, for the love of it. And that's why it's called grassroots racing. And of course, the Madhouse, one of the best in the country at putting on the show every week for the fans and Amber Lynn, you're one of the, the biggest stars over there now. You've got a ton of fans over there. And, uh, you know, you can just look at social media and look at all the happy folks when you win. Of course, everybody's got their detractors, too, including me when I was there. So, uh, anyway, I know it's got to feel very special to you to be a part of it. Amber, we've got to uh, come up on our first break in your segment here on The Pit Stop. I'm your host, Randy Pettit. Thanks for listening to us on WTOB in Winston-Salem, WWBG in Greensboro. And if you've caught us online on some kind of a podcast on the Internet, we really appreciate you listening to this edition of The Pit Stop. And we'll be back in a moment with more with our guest, Amber Lynn. When I think of Mountain Valley Hospice, I think about the caring and understanding. They did so much for me and for my family, comforting me, watching a parent gradually go away. I don't know how we could have done it without them. Here at Mountain Valley, every moment matters. Final segment of the pit stop. I'm your host, Randy Pettit. That voice that you've heard on the loudspeaker and once in a while on television, on the radio, covering uh, motorsports at the grassroots level and all the way up to the major leagues there for a time. I'm proud to call Caraway Speedway my home track here in 2023. And I wanted to remind the fans we've got some great races coming up. In our area, uh, Saturday night, July the 22nd, Caraway Speedway gets back in action with the Ready Mart Hot Summer Clash. Man, twin 35-lap late model races, twin 20s for the Challenger Division. We got twin races for the Caraway Stock, 602 Modifieds, Bootlegger Division, and we'll have a lot of the young folks that get their start in the Bandoleros and the Legends cars right there at Caraway Speedway, Saturday night, July 22nd. August 5th, we're going to crash some cars down at Caraway, and we'll also have some great racing on Crashing Hackett's Night of Destruction. That's Saturday night, August the 5th, and we'll have Ladies Night returning to Caraway Speedway on September the 16th. We'll have more information on that in the weeks to come. Also wanted to remind the folks over at Ace Speedway, if you uh, like to go over and check out Ace, they're racing on Friday night, July the 21st. Big show including late models, limited late models, the Ace Speedway modifieds, mini stocks, and man, they always have a great uh, field of mini stocks there. They have a division that's like a bone stock Nissan Sentra called the Extremes, and they'll have the champ carts in action at a speedway also want to congratulate logan jones winner of the pro late model race for the cars tour that was held on july the 8th over at wake county speedway 
And uh, Amber Lynn, man, Hickory Motor Speedway is uh, going to be a really big place to be for the Cars Tour, the Throwback 276. And they're going to be putting on the old Hooters Pro Cup Series paint schemes near and dear to my heart. I was one of the announcers and television announcers for that series while I was away from the Madhouse. They'll be racing over at Hickory on Saturday night, July the 29th. And the Cars Tour returns to Ace Speedway on Friday night, August the 11th. Amber, um, let's talk a little bit more about things going on over at the Madhouse for a moment. We'll change gears, if you will. A little bit of a youth movement going on in the sportsman division. And uh, what's your thoughts so far on a very cool customer by the name of Chase Robertson? Uh, you know, just graduated from high school, obviously comes from a racing family. And, man, from the outside looking in, that young man's had a fantastic season so far. Oh, yeah, for sure. I love Chase. He's a really good racer. You know, we did get into it a little bit this past weekend. We talked about it. He said it was all his fault. His spotter said I was there. I was up to his door. And he had a right rear going down. And I can appreciate that. There's no hard feelings between Chase and I. I think he's a good kid. We talk and sit next to each other in every single driver's meeting. Um Chase is just all around a good kid. And so is Riley. And so is me. I have no problem with literally anybody in the division for once in my life. <laughs> I was going to ask you about the real deal. Riley Neal's he likes to call him son of Kevin and Lori Neal and a nephew of Tommy Neal, uh, all out of Walkertown, which is where home base at least was for you. Maybe still is, um, your thoughts on Riley Neal, another youngster. I think Riley going to be a sophomore in high school this year. And I watched him when he hopped in a limited late model car down at Ace Speedway for the very first time. And that young man's really gotten the hang of things over at the Madhouse, right in the thick of the championship race too. Yeah, I think um, Riley and his mom are really good people. You know, his mom and I had foot surgery at this on the same day by the same doctor. Um, Didn't I know actually, that. Yeah, I was actually working at the clinic that did mine and her foot surgeries. And, you know, I helped her get into her, her therapy appointments and everything else. And we've, over the over the off-season, gotten really close. Riley and I say good luck pretty much every race, and we talk every race. And, you know, I think he's a really good kid. I think Chase is a really good kid. I think um, Nate Gregg has had some bad luck. I, I don't think he should have been, you know, have any penalty on him for not – this past race, but the race before. Right. But all, all the young kids, I think they're doing phenomenal. It's, it's really pleasing to me to see them do so well. Is it funny to you that now you're one of the, one of the people that they kind of look up to in some respect, you've been at it a little while now. Um, it makes me feel old, you know, like I said, earlier. <laughs> you're not old. <laughs> I know. I know, but it makes me feel like a veteran over there, which is um, kind of disgusting to me. Um, you know, I make fun of my husband. He's four years older than me. I make fun of him every day and call him Papa. And <laughs> they, they probably think that I'm a grandma. And now that you said that, and I'm just not thinking about it, I'm actually disgusted. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, those, uh, those young kids, we'll call them, they, uh, they all come from great racing families, all three of those guys, and they've all done a phenomenal job so far. And we all know the sportsman division at Bowman Gray, as I have said many times when I was over there and still say, it could be the main event at most any track in America. It's that good. And this year's no different, right? No, it's no different. Um, you know, even drivers that I've looked down on in the past, 
are doing so much better this year. And, you know, like I said earlier, cars I never thought would pass me are passing me. And (laughs) I'm shocked. But at the same time, I'm super proud of them because they've been over there for years and years and years. Like Mitch Gales, you know, like everybody thinks that he's just in the way. Mitch Gales does amazing this year. And he don't give me wrong. Mitch has won some races over there. Yeah, Mitch is a good driver. Yeah, he's had really bad luck this year. Um, yep. He's got some of my luck, but, you know, he's someone that I can race with this year. I think that he's finally figured out the car and figured out his driving style and this new pavement and everything else, and I just think he's doing amazing this year. You are part of a, uh, a special program, and I, I, I saw you in the grocery store one night, and you were we were both kind of in a hurry, but you mentioned that you were waiting on the news to be a part of this program, and it sounds like that 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 was affirmed. Tell us a little bit about this program that you were invited to be a part of this year. So the Women's in Motorsports North America program is just women that race in North America and it's all over the country. Um, And there's only a few of us. And right now I'm sitting second in points. I don't think they've updated points yet, but they're sitting, I'm sitting second in points and I don't really watch it and I don't really care about the points. But at the same time, you know, it's just very humbling and honor, like I'm honored to be part of such a program that advocates for women in motorsports because we need more. I mean, I think there's four of us at the stadium right now. It's the most that I've seen over there. So we got Susan, we got Emily and Jordan Atkins in the uh, Street Sox series, and then there's me. But you know, I think that we need more. We need like 10 females. And I, I don't know what to do to get more girls interested in being in race cars. Well, I think the fact that you have uh, been out front with that over at the Madhouse and the fact that you've been successful and won some races, I, I have no doubt that there's many young women who have been over there and watched you do your thing uh, have been inspired, and I think we'll see maybe maybe a, a ripple or maybe even a wave of female talent coming to the Madhouse in the years to come. Uh, you, you're the you know you're the greatest lady driver over there, arguably since Susan Kimmel. You and her are different in in your approach and and a lot of things. But Susan won races, you won races. Uh, we've had some other good lady drivers there, but you two have kind of been the standard bearers over over there and. Uh, I have no doubt that we'll have more uh, young ladies getting involved in the sport in the years to come. Uh, and speaking of the years to come, I wanted to ask you about what, what some of your future plans might be. Mm. You have dabbled from time to time in, in racing some other types of cars. I saw you uh, down at Caraway Speedway in a uh, what we would call a 602 modified car. had a mechanical issue, and I didn't see you back in that car. Your dad, uh, Ron Burchett, raced in the ARCA series and was also a very successful late model or late model sportsman racer, if you want to call it that. Uh, what What's in your head now as far as what is next for you, Amber? So it's always been a rule in my racing that you have to win the championship to, you know, move up to the next division. Um, minus my sh- very short street stock career. Um, right. I want to win a championship, but at the same time, I don't pay attention to points. Um, I'll move up when I'm when I'm dang good and ready. I mean, I love running the 602 mod. I ran it at North Wilkesboro. It's a freaking right. blast. I mean, it, it is, is so it? much fun. <laughs> but 
but I don't race it full time. So therefore I see it as a hobby more than I see my regular racing. So um, I would love to continue in the 602 mod and then eventually move up into the, um, you know, maybe the car store is our next step. I don't know. I don't, I don't have any future plans. I live day by day. Understand Well, it's easy to spend other people's money. Right. And, uh, you know, moving up to any kind of a modified car or certainly the cars, uh, late model stock car or pro late model tour would involve, uh, you know, probably having some financial backing behind you. And if uh, the folks are out there listening to this program and they want to see Amber Lynn move up or move to a different division, and um, I'm sure you'd be happy to chat with them. Right. Of course. I mean, <clears throat> most of my sponsors like Walkabout Flooring, Liberty Sons and Lighting, uh, Peace Out Babes, they're all family owned operations and they don't have the means to put me through what I um, could go through. But, you know, they put me through what I am going through and that's all that I can ask at the moment. And I appreciate every single one of my sponsors. I think I have 11 at the moment. Some of them contribute, you know, a uh, set of tires, and some of them contribute a few thousand dollars. But I nice. see all of yeah. them equally. Exactly. And you do a great job representing those sponsors. I had two things I wanted to touch on really quick in our last couple of minutes here on the program. And again, I'm your host, Randy Pettit. You're listening to The Pit Stop. Our guest is Amber Lynn, sportsman driver over at the Madhouse. Amber, uh, you have had the name Mark Robinson on your car now for quite some time. And not too long ago, Mark announced that he is a candidate for the governor of North Carolina. And I know that probably excited uh, your family quite a bit to hear that. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I think Mark is a great guy. I've talked to him personally. I've been to his speeches. I think that, you know, overall, we would be lucky to have him as a governor. And I think that he represents people like me. Um, <laughs> I hate um really hate to say it, but per se, a redneck. I live in little old Walkertown, but I think that he represents <laughs> right. people like me. And so Mark Robinson for governor, I think that would represent the people better than the governor now or the governor that is running against him. Well, if you're a race fan, I would highly recommend that you vote for Mark Robinson. I'll amen that. Finally, I wanted to touch on very briefly uh, the Me Too movement. Uh, that has been on social media quite a bit. Uh, I don't want to get into names or any of that type of thing, but uh, you have been very brave in stepping out and telling part of your story on social media. Uh, how tough was that for you to do, Amber? You know, I've been quiet for 13 years. I was raped when I was 11 years old, and I can freely talk about it. Um, I've always been free to talk about it, but I was 11 years old at the time, and the way right. that, you know, my whole family treated it, basically, and the way that his family treated it and the fam other family involved, it was a big secret. So now that I'm 24, you know, 13 years later, I can freely talk about it, and it's honestly so humbling. All the women that have spoke out to me about their experiences, and the fact that I gave away 250 shirts with the Me Too movement on it, and this week I'm selling them for $10. All the profits go to battered women and children's shelters. We donated almost $1,400 to the Battle wow. Women Shelters. And that, that's awesome. Yeah. To me personally, the, the 
big meaning of everything and the big like movement that I can make since I have a voice is just amazing to me. You know, I put my story out there regardless of the haters, regardless of anybody else. And I, I saw the good in it. You know, I, I just thought I would be bullied or victim shamed, but I see the good in it and I'm, I'm so happy. Well, Amber, um, sometimes life gives you lemons and I would say you've took that situation, definitely made some great lemonade with it and got that story out there. And you've been an inspiration and hope for a lot of folks who maybe went through something similar that you did. Uh, thanks for being on the program tonight. Amber Lynn, our guest tonight. And thanks again to Richard Petty, the king of stock car racing. And don't forget July the 29th, a big night of music, wine, and fun. And all the proceeds of Benefit Victory Junction Gang Camp. You can go to sheltonvineyards.com for more information. And I'll see you there. Folks, I'm Randy Pettit, your host of The Pit Stop. And we'll see you at the track. When I think of Mountain Valley Hospice, I think about the caring and understanding. They did so much for me and for my family, comforting me, watching a parent gradually go away. I don't know how we could have done it without them. Here at Mountain Valley, every moment matters. <laughs>